And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Trouble. 
Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, the Apostle Paul, quickly, 2 Timothy chapter 5, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, reminded Timothy and us vicariously that in the last days, can you say last days? In the last days, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, religious people are going to rise from within the church. Can you say from within the church? Brothers and sisters, I am not the one saying that. The Holy Ghost, God the Holy Ghost moved on the Apostle Paul's heart and, and inspired him to write to Timothy that in the last days, uh -huh, men and women, religious people from the church, they're going to rise from the church, but this is what he said, they're going to have a form of godliness. But denying the power thereof. And he concluded, from such people, turn away, lest you get infected with that dangerous perspective. He said, turn away from these people. Leave them alone. They have a form of godliness. But in reality, they are denying the power of God. Can I make it clear? They have a form of godliness, but they don't believe in supernatural healing. They have a form because they don't believe in speaking in tongues. All that has to do with the Holy Spirit. They have a form because they don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The nine gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they don't believe in the gifts. They have a form of godliness. It's just church as usual. Yesterday in the men's ministry, we had on the first Sunday of every month, all the men in this church, we congregate. And for those of you who are listening, we would like you to join us. This is not about the church. It's about men who love the Lord and love one another. And knowing these last days, we must come together. We meet every, the first Saturday of every month at uh, IHOP in South Monroe. Oh, thank you. See why, you see why I'm not giving the announcements? The first Saturday of every month, I hope on North Monday. And then we pay a small fee and we secure a room. And we come together. And all the men say, Amen. Amen. Yeah. And yesterday we were just discussing, we were saying that it seems like um, Christianity is an organization you get affiliated with. That's what, that's what we were asking. Why does it seem like Christianity? is an organization you get affiliated with uh, to consider yourself moral, but it's not in our everyday life. We don't bring it in our everyday life. So on Sunday we come here, mm -hmm, and we praise the Lord and we sound moral. We have but as soon as we leave here, we are back to our carnal self. Why can't we take that God with us, that hallelujah, in here, and leave it out at the house. Why can't a man in his house say, Hallelujah, in the presence of his wife? Why can't a, a boy hear his father say, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus? Oh, how much that would bless a wife. Can all the ladies say, Amen? No, men, you heard that, so you better start doing that. Because she's sitting next to you. Amen? You know, it takes, it takes humility um, when you're on your wife, amen, you all have what I call loud fellowship, amen, 
you say that? Loud it, it, it takes a lot to come back and say, praise the Lord. But some of you don't look at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes when it means they have at the house, it's not a hallelujah. It's not, it's not what's going to come out of your mouth two, three minutes after. But I'm saying, if you're able to do that, good for you. Because you're on the right track. Huh? You still can say hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my wife. This is not only a church thing. This is a lifestyle. And it doesn't matter whether or not we have loud fellowship. I am still giving God the praise. Because that's who I am. Praise is what I do. Praise is what I do. I was born to worship. And so we've been wondering what's going on. And one brother said, I don't, I'm not sure it was Jim, and he said, he said, uh, he said uh, that when we become Christians at first, when we, when we are evangelized, it seems like in the church we keep evangelizing ourselves all over again. The same message on evangelism, evangelism, evangelism. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2.2, we have to get on a regimen called desiring the sincere milk of the word. So after you get saved, you should be on a track, not an evangelistic track. Are you with me, saints? You've been evangelized. It's time to sink your teeth in some milk. So you desire. Let me share this with you. If you have not done that, stop now. Yeah. Because we are in the last days. And it is so needful. It is so needful, brothers and sisters. That is why God sent me to tell you that the time has come for us to depend on the Holy Spirit. Or the time has come to know the Holy Spirit as God. You know many people don't think that the Holy Ghost is God. See, the, you see, that's, that's what I'm saying. The amen was strong. Maybe some of you don't believe the Holy Ghost is God. Well, don't tell me I have to preach on that this morning. I have to establish that He is God. Hmm? I, the Bible said that, not me. The Bible says that He is God. You remember in Psalms 139? Where can I go from your spirit? You remember? Can you go to Psalms 139, verse, I think it's verse, uh, somewhere down in verse 5 or 6. God help me. But you'll see it, it says, where can I go from your, from your spirit? Psalms 139. You got it? I'm sure you, some of you have it. Let us just establish quickly here that the Holy Ghost is God before we continue any further. Because I've met believers who don't think that the Holy Spirit is God. Amen? That's why I'm purposefully saying God, the Holy Ghost. And then it says here, in, you got it? Psalms 139, verse 5, 6, or 7, around here. Verse what? Verse 7, thank you so much. It says, whither shall I go from your what? In other words, this is saying that the Holy Ghost is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time, which is an attribute of God. Hmm? Isn't that correct or is that correct? That's correct. Don't you say, can I say correct or wrong? It's always, the Bible is always right. 
So David is asking, because of your goodness, God the Holy Ghost, where can I go from you? Whither should I, where can I flee from you? Because you are omnipresent. You are everywhere at the same time, which is an attribute of God. James, the time has come for us to know God, the Holy Ghost. The time has come now. The time has what? Come now. The Bible says that we must stop denying the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Bible says from within the church, many are going to. The word form in 2 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. I know I, I move quickly to Psalms 139 to establish that the Holy Ghost is God. There are several verses. Amen. If you want, you can tap me. I can give you several verses. But I didn't come to teach on God the Holy Ghost. I didn't come to establish the truth that God, that the Holy Ghost is God. I came to tell you that he's God already and it's time for us to start recognizing him as God. Amen. So here the Bible says, the Bible says here that many will have a form in these last days and deny the power of God. The word form means many are going to have an outward appearance. Many are going to have a shadow, a semblance, but there is no reality to their form. Hmm? How many of you would, would venture to say that fits many Christians today? Amen. I, it, it, it hurts me to say that. Notice I'm not rejoicing saying that. It hurts me to say that. And that is why, brothers and sisters, we who are believers, we have to ensure that our election is sure, our calling, sorry, is an election sure. Amen. Because all every time we get to live in the presence of others, we are living and we are sowing seeds as a Christian in people's mind. Amen. So people have to see us. We've got our game together. We've got ourselves together. Amen. Not denying the power of God, but being bold with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hear me, hear me, brothers and sisters. Denying the power of God simply means denying the one through whom the power of God is demonstrated. Let me say that again. Denying the power of God is denying the one through whom the power of God is demonstrated. Through whom the power of God is demonstrated. Through the Holy Ghost. Through us. But the Holy Ghost is the one who demonstrates the power through us. So if you deny the power of God, you are denying the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Are you with me, saints? And so the Bible says you and I have to be very, very careful, saints. Very, very careful. We need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Now let me clarify that. When I say we need the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm not talking about using the power to lay hands on people at first. No. We need that power first to conquer ourselves. Because I think that is the problem today. We haven't conquered ourselves. And so the witness is not as effective as it should be. Uh, the Bible says in the last days, the Bible says that we should be witnesses. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Holy Ghost told the apostles. Let me show you the text quickly. Yeah, let, let, let me show you the text quickly. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Quickly. He said, they, they wanted to go out and minister and witness. And this is what the Holy Ghost said. But you shall receive what? When? 
after the Holy Ghost. No Holy Ghost, no power. Notice you won't receive power after you've been to the gym to exercise. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no I'm not discounting that. I'm talking about supernatural power. You shall receive supernatural power after that. The Holy Ghost is what? After that. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now that phrase come upon you is an Old Testament phrase to show when God empowers somebody to move on his behalf. Amen? That word come upon is not used a lot in the New Testament because in the New Testament, the phrase that's used is filled with the Holy Ghost. Old Testament, God could not live in them because of the Adamic nature. So the Holy Ghost used come upon. New Testament, now we are full of God. The Holy Ghost used filled with. Are you getting me sense? Different covenant, different terms. Because God lives in us now. When the Bible says feel, oh, he's now empowered us to do something for him. That's why the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. It says, be not drunk with wine, nor in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. That's what we need, I don't bounce, I don't bounce around some verses. Bear with me, amen. I just have to give you to the, I just have to give them to you the way the Holy Ghost gave them to me. Amen. So first, the Bible says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the spiritual leader was saying, the reason why we need to come and be a Christianity, Hollywood watered down Christianity, is because we lack He said, we, we do what? We lack power. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, in these last days, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. I wrote a statement down, I just need to share with you quickly. Since and I know many of you would agree with me. Amen? It's, I, I have here, Lord help me. Where did I put it? Oh, thank you, Jesus. It's coming, it's coming. Anyhow, oh God, I had it somewhere, it's coming, and this is it. How many of you agree that today all types of debauchery, lewdness, and ungodliness that was in the closet has now become mainstream? You would agree. The God of this world, the Prince of the power of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 has emboldened people to do so. Not, no one is in the closet anymore. Everybody's out now. The closet is empty. Everyone is out there airing their beliefs. So we Christians have to become bold with our message. Amen. We need to be totally reliant on God the Holy Ghost to help us communicate the message of God to the world. Since only the Holy Ghost will give you that emboldenment, that power. You see Peter, not filled of the Holy Ghost, run when they captured Jesus. You see a different Peter after he was filled. 
with the Holy Ghost. That wasn't the seven Peter. Oh, glory be to Jesus. And I, I, I submit to you the reason why some of us Christians are shy and afraid and uh, uh, res uh, resistant in sharing our faith is because we are not empowered and emboldened by the Holy Ghost. Let me share this with you quickly. In case I never, it's in my notes, but I don't want you to miss that. How many of you agree that Christians need confidence in God? We lack the confidence. Are you with me? Do you know how, con how one gets confidence? Let me share you. Let me share with you. I won't ask you. I won't ask you to be honest. Because I have it. The reason people get confident is because of two reasons. One, information and experience. Information and I and plus E equals C. You got information with God, about God and you have some experience under your belt. The devil is in trouble. <laughs> and that is what he's afraid. He's afraid for us to amass experience with God. Because when you, ex you amass experience with God, you become unstoppable. David ended up in the camp of the Philistines. And when David stepped into the camp, he said, Let no man heart fail them. Did you, he said, Let no man's heart fail them. The lions without their talking and roaring, and the Israelites are backing up. Until a man who had experience with God, a man who had information about God, stepped up and he said, Let no man's hearts fail them. <laughs> I have some experience with God. I know about God, and I am here to represent God. <laughs> I've got confidence in God. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. Hope is confident expectation of the future. No, no, no. My confident expectation of the future is God. Woo! You know, you, you all have me preaching really hard today. Thank you. Oh. Hallelujah. Is your confident expectation God? That's what the David said. That's what he said, Jeremiah. Blessed is the human being who trusts in the Lord, who's confident the Lord is. The Lord is our confidence. My confidence is not, it's not, future expectation of anything. No, 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 no. It's God. And because God is my expectation, my confidence, anything I want is going to happen. All my needs are going to be met. Because He's well able to do exceedingly. Abundantly above all that ask me ask of Him. Oh God, I give you praise. Information plus experience gives you Confidence. We Christians lack confidence because we don't have enough information about God. Let me show you what I mean. En 
enough information about God. Enough information about God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to know the Word of God. That's where we get the information from. And then when the Word of God gets into us, the Holy Ghost is going to use what we placed in us and then empowers us to move by faith. Are you getting what This is how, this is the formula sense. You see some Christians who are bold like Daniel and the lion's den. You, Cedric, Meshach, sorry, sorry, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I don't call them the way the world called them. Mm -hmm. I choose to call them by their birth, by their, the, 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 the name given at birth. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Well, commonly known as Cedric, Meshach. Some of you are so used to the name Nebuchadnezzar gave them. You forgot the name God gave them. The names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. You know that's what the devil is trying to do, change our names out there. Yeah, because your power is in your name. Yeah, that, that's what he's trying to do. Take your name. You, he takes your name. He takes your voice. need to have a good name. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 1, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. See, that's what the Bible says. Love in favor rather than silver and gold. Information was experience. Confidence. You find some Christians, some Christians, Cancer knock on the door. Cancer? Oh, no problem with that. No problem with that. I'll deal with you later. No big deal. From Christian, cancer knock on the door, and that's it. That's it. Fall apart like a $2 suitcase. I'm just trying to tell you. I'm, I'm just, it, it, it doesn't have to be cancer only. Because some Christians have information and know that there is a name above cancer. There is a name cancer has to bow to. And I have experience with that name. I am confident in that name. Because I've read the information and he never fails. Information plus experience equals confidence. That's where we need to be in these last days. That confidence comes from the feeling of the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. That boldness we need comes from the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Peter, for I have numerous exhibits. Anything over to Acts chapter chapter 4. Since I know this is what's going to be a series, the Lord told me I was trying to take a shortcut and make it one sermon, but Acts chapter 4, quickly, let's look at Peter, the apostle, and let me give you the background, what's happening here. Peter is preaching, amen, that's Acts chapter 2, 
the day of Pentecost. Amen. So Peter, they are now filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He's preaching. 5,000 got saved. The Pharisees, the gatekeepers, the religious leaders. Amen. Came and they arrested Peter. And they placed him in jail. And the next day, Acts chapter 4 verse 5. Let's, let's read quickly. I told you 25 minutes, I'm 30. Sorry about that. Get Acts chapter 4, verse 5, it says, And it came to pass on the morrow that the rulers and elders and scribes, these are the gatekeepers, the religious gatekeepers, because Peter did not go to their university. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because Peter had not attended their college. He was not part of their gang. He was not part of their group. He was not invited to their parties. Amen? Huh? Listen, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, he and all his family, the high priest, they, they, they thought they had a monopoly on God. Do you know some people really think they have a monopoly on God? Some religious leaders think that they own God, and they, you have to go through them to get God? The devil is a liar! It says here, verse 7, and when they had said them, that's Peter and John in the midst, they asked, by what power? Can somebody say power? You see, they want to know about the power of the Holy Ghost. These are the men Paul was referring to. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Now they're asking about the same power they are denying. Listen, listen. By what power? Uh-huh. Or by what name? No, no, they know that there is a name involved. Let me say that again. They know there is a name involved. The same name. They hated it before. The same name they came together to crucify. They know there is a name. Listen to what they said. They said, by what name have you done this? Then, here it comes. Then Peter, what? That wasn't Peter who ran and cursed three times. You are, you, you. <laughs> That's a different Peter now. The man has information. The man has some experience and the confidence of God. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. He didn't stay quiet. He didn't cower. The Bible said, and Peter filled with the Holy Ghost, said, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good did done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Can somebody give the Lord a hand? Hallelujah! And, 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 Peter didn't care. He said, whom you crucified. That's a different Peter. That's a Peter who's full of the Holy Ghost. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you today. This is the stone, and he continues preaching. Now listen to verse 13. Verse 13 quickly. Can you go to verse 13? And when they saw... The boldness. <laughs> Look, folk know when you're full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you, you, they won't say it out loud, but in their mind, they're processing something's different about these people. 
these people are authentic. They have what I want, but I, I am too proud. That's what's going through their mind. Yeah, yeah. He said, they said, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and what? You see, these men, they didn't go to their seminary. They didn't, they didn't attend their colleges. They just walked with the Lord. Can you say walk with the Lord? Yeah, they just walked with Jesus. Tell him all about it. Hallelujah. How about you talk with Jesus? Anybody knows what that's about? Have a talk with Jesus. What, there was a song they sing, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me, I am his own. Anybody know? <laughs> Woo! Because all I want is him. All I want is you. I surrender. All to you. Oh God. And perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. But marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with whom? Yeah. You know, there's another name for Jesus. He's called the the word. <laughs> so, for us, Jesus is not here in person, so all we've got to do is walk with them. Walk with them. Walk with whom? In the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1 verse 1. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Hallelujah! Verse 12, and the Word became flesh. Verse 14, and, and dwelt amongst men. Tell somebody, you got to walk with the word. You got to spend some time with the word. And they will be marveled at your growth. Since it is time to know the Holy Ghost as God. But for him to empower us, we must walk with the word. Now you say, Pastor, what does it mean to walk with the word? I think you know the answer. You, you know the answer. What does it mean to walk with the word? One proverb. Five psalms. One proverb. Today is the fifth. So we should be on the fourth. So today is the fourth. We should have read Proverbs chapter 4 and Psalms 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. At minimum. Well, you haven't because you're in church. So when you go home, Proverbs chapter 4, Psalms 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That's how you walk with the word. No shortcuts. Let me say it like this. No shortcuts. You, you know I tried the shortcuts? Miss Lynette, I tried. I tried. I was in church. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I gave him like seven days a week. 
couldn't tie him. Except for Monday and except for Tuesday night was a permitting and Wednesday was Bible study. What am I doing to Monday night? Nobody's there, but we just love the house open. We used to come see them just walk. <laughs> And Thursday, we sit there and watch one another. <laughs> Friday night, the same thing. Saturday, we come clean the church. You know, we would come clean the church from 12 and not even to the Bible. Just love being in the house of the Lord. Just love being there. And we talk the mill, the mill's restroom, come, come out, drink some lemonade and laugh <laughs> and go back. If somebody had said to me, you need to get in that world. All that time I wasted. You know, five years after I got into that, I was called to the ministry. It just exploded. I didn't know I was called to the ministry. I thought I was called to be a, uh, a trustee. I got consecrated first as a trustee and thought that was it. I was so happy. Oh, but I found out that I need to spend time in this. As soon as I get consecrated, I ran home and began devouring. I'm going to share something with you. For those of you who think you can grow in God to the point where you want to without getting into the Word, you are mistaken. We call names like Moody from Chicago. You know Moody, L, uh, D.L. Moody. Had, had a third grade education, third grade. You know why D.L. Moody is well known now and there's a university after his name? D.L. Moody memorized almost half the Bible. You stand and hear D.L. Moody speak, you tears, tears will come from your eyes. How a third grader knows so much about God? Just the word coming out from you. Same thing with Graham. Uh, the very same. Read their biographies. I read people who are, who are where I want to go. I read about them. Say again. People who are where I want to go. I read about them. And what is common from up about all of them is devouring the word of God. Jesus said it. You can't do anything without me. John 15:5. We just said Luke 10, 42. One thing is needful. John 4, 15. The sower sows the word, the seed. Without sowing, there is no harvest. And I told you two weeks ago, people are real. We are after, we are after a, a harvest. After a harvest. But forget about sowing. Since the time has come for us to know the Holy Ghost as God. The time has come for us to live in the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit. And I have so much to share with you. Right now, I'm picking and choosing what to say. Because there is so Do you remember Samson? Quickly, can I give you just this last one exhibit and I'm done? You, you promise? You give me five minutes? One exhibit. I'm going to show you how the Holy Spirit used the man. The Bible said he was changed into another man. That's what will happen to you and I when we get into power. You will be changing to another individual. Yes, someone who's unrecognizable. Not physically, you'll still be looking the same, but the way you move and the power and influence in which you function, folk will be wondering what's going on. Like Peter was changed into a different man. A marble at Peter. Samson, you remember Samson? I'm, I'm going to read this for you quickly about Samson. And I promise I'll be done. I just want to show you what, I want to show you what we have in us. And for some reason, it, it's just not manifesting. Can you go quickly 
two judges. Thirteen one, Judges chapter thirteen verse one. It says here, and the, you got it. Judges chapter thirteen verse one. It says here, and the children of Israel did evil against again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for how many years? They were misbehaving. God delivered them. They prayed, and God sent them a deliverer. I cannot read the entire chapter. I'll leave that for you to do. But God went and bothered a, a lady in verse, can you go to verse 3? Verse 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto the woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren, and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. Now therefore, beware, I pray you, drink not wine, nor strong drink. God is working on something. And he told the lady, do not drink wine. Or strong drink. I have Christians fighting with me saying, Pastor, the doctor says red wine is good for the heart. <laughs> I'm not saying, I cannot tell you what to do or what not. I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm not touching this thing. God told the preachers in the old covenant, do not come before me with your mouth smelling of alcohol. They would drink all night, then come the priest, and God said, what are you doing? I can see your smell, I can take your smell from a mile. You know what it is? It is just an addiction. They don't want to give up, and so they make making excuses. That's what it is. But I know because my dad was an alcoholic. I know about alcohol. I know what it does to you. Next day, you get up. What happened? Where am I? <laughs> the angel told her, do not drink. Because what you have in you is a deliverer. It's a deliverer. And so, the Bible tells us, can you go to verse 13, uh, verse 24? And the woman bear a son and call his name what? Samson. We're on verse 24. Sorry, I know I'm moving rather expeditiously. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. Verse 25, here it comes. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtaol. And this is what's happening. God began to give him experience. God began to work with him so he can understand the power that came upon him, how to use it. Experience is important. Now, let, let me show you what happened. Let me show you what happened before. And, and the Bible says, uh, uh, can you go to... Judges chapter 14, quickly. 14 verse 5. I'm still trying to show you information about experience gives you confidence. Amen? Judges chapter 14 verse 5. Then Samson, then when Samson down with his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyard of Timnath and behold, a young lion roared against him. Are you, I, do we have it? Yeah, can you go to verse 6? Let's see what happened in verse 6. And what? No, no, think about it. A young lion roared at you. The first thing is, I'm out of here. Oh, not Samson. The Holy Ghost came over Samson. And the Bible said, what it says here, came mightily upon him. And he what? He, you know what? He tore the lion with his bare hands. This is not 
fiction. Hey, are you right here? And rent him as he would have rent a kid, like he tore a little child. He tore the lion with his bare hands like he would tear a little child up. And it says here, and he had nothing in his hands with his bare hands. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. Something himself got scared. He said, oh my God, what's going on with me? I'm dumb. Wouldn't that frighten you? For a lion to come after you, and instead of retreating, you move forward, took the lion by your left hand from tearing up. And then after you're done, you're watching, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do? I'm not going to tell anybody before this, I'm crazy. But what's happening is experience. God is working with the man. Because God has a, a major job for him to do. It's called, he's working with him. How did Samson kill a lion? What happened to him before? The Bible says the Holy Ghost, the very person that lives in you and I. That, that's what I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters. We've got the power. It's just not activated. I, I thought I'll get an amen here, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible tells us, now here it comes. Can you go to Judges, Judges chapter 6, and then when I'm, and then I'm done. Judges chapter 16. I promise. Judges chapter 16. Verse 1 to 3. It says, are you here? Thank you. Verse 1 to 3. Then when Samson to Gaza, and saw there a unhallowed, and went in unto her, and it was told, listen to me, watch, hear me what's happening. God has anointed the man. But he's got issues. He loves women. He loves women. Amen. The Bible says Samson slept with an hallowed. The night before, he got up. The next morning. Hear me. Yeah, no, no. No. Can I have a heart to heart chat with you? A heart to heart chat. I have heard unfortunately Christians to tell me look Samson just slept with a harlot the night before and the and the power of God came on him the next day pastor what are you saying this is what I told him the Bible says in the old days God went over stupidness in the old days God overlooked that stupidity but from the beginning God gave us one man to one woman married that's God's standard. Human beings have gone away from God's standard. But don't you forget the beginning. Folks always looking for some sort of stuff in the Bible to condone their nonsense. You know how many times that even, even, even leaders had to tell that. And then they say, oh, I see. Can I move? Can I move? The Bible says here, and it was told at the Gazite, saying, Someone is come hither, and they compassed him, and let wait for him all night in the gate of the city, and were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. Verse 3, And Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the door, <laughs> and took the doors of the gate of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulder, 
them and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Listen, listen, let me explain to you what's happening. The place Samson walked with the gate of the city on his shoulders was 38 miles. Samson took the gate. Now, listen to me. Let me tell you how much the city gate. The city gate, it weighed four tons. One ton is 2,224 pounds. 2,224 pounds. So the man took a city gate weighing almost 9,000 pounds, put it on his shoulders, walked 38 miles. The man, they said, was about 145 pounds. Because people back then, they walk a lot. So most men back then, 145, 170 pounds. So you know it's not his strength. It is the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost that came upon Samson. My question to you, since is what is our problem? If we have so much power in us, what is the, why can't I stop my habits? Mr. Robo, what? why am I trapped? Why am I bound? Because, brothers and sisters, hear me. The Holy Ghost cannot do anything in your life without sowing that word in your life. The Bible says, John 6, 63. Listen, John chapter 6, verse 63. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit. <laughs> they are what? And they are life. The word of God is spirit. The Holy Ghost needs what's like here in you. And then you open up your mouth and release the spirit. And the Holy Ghost begins to move in your life. That's what's happening. But you see, brothers and sisters, because we are not filled, Ephesians 5, 8, filled with the spirit, filled with the word of God so the Holy Ghost can move. Then we remain bound, we remain trapped, we feel weak. We feel what? That's been the problem all these years. You know how I knew? You know how I know that? Because once I was weak, trapped, bound, and a pastor took the Bible and shoved it in my bosom and said, read this, he'll be delivered. That sense of dissatisfaction. You see, Daddy died when I was 16, 17, and I was looking to be accepted. I was looking for acceptance. You, know? you all would never say that, but I was looking at every dick, every pastor. Hey, please, can you accept? Me? And a pastor said to me, he said, "Son, I, I was close to all my pastors, and one pastor had to had to had to come to me to tell me, I know what you're saying." And he said to me, "I cannot do it." But I can show you how to do it. And he took the Bible and he shoved it. He said, read this and deliver you. Let me tell you what he didn't do. He didn't pull out your card and say, I'll call Dr. Sutton, 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 Sutton. You have a hidden, look, I have nothing, I have no problem with that, amen? Do that, but read God's word also. That's all I'm saying. Amen. Do the natural. My wife. Every time I say that, my wife has a problem because she, let me tell you, she is a licensed counselor and she knows the importance of counseling. But I 
Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.